So, John, what hobby would you pick to rebel against your parents to show them that I don't care what you think about me? Oh, I don't know. Dressage? Dressage? Would your parents not approve that much? I don't know. Does anyone really approve of dressage? See, I've always thought your parents would be the kind of people who approve of dressage. I've never met them. Are you suggesting they're very well-bred or something? Or No, it's just the impression I get from their caravan. The impression you get in their caravans that they're big horse fans. So. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of that. Um, sure, yeah. Cool, great, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know they're from Liverpool, right? Not really big dressage country. Fair, fair. Yeah. So you think you'd be kicked out of Liverpool for like in dressage? <laughs> it's, it's a significant risk. <laughs> <laughs> Give from a weird place, John. Maybe listening to the Rolling Stones and not the Beatles or something. I don't know. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, and joining me as always is John. Hello. And now we're on part, I don't know, four, five, six or something of our little season. Actors turned directors. Yeah. So I think this is number five. We did That Thing You Do, Of Mice and Men, The Cable Guy, Matilda, and now we are on Whip It, the directorial debut of Drew Barrymore. I could swear there's been another film in, in, in that. No, I'm pretty sure that's it. What did we do before That Thing You Do? I don't know. I don't pay attention to what we do. <laughs> so investors always. So, Harry. All right, what let's, did let's you... push this one out. Okay. What did you think of Whip It? Uh, yeah, it was right. It was good. Yeah? It was a good bit of fun. Mm-hmm. It felt like the same plot as every other film I've seen before. As in the whole thing was very cliched? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that thing you do, actually. In the sense, not oh, obviously yeah? it's not the same plot, but it's had a similar kind of lack of stakes for me. Okay, yeah. Like, Go nothing on. really mattered. Like, it was a little bit more intense. It was a little bit more dramatic. But on the whole, it was just a very simple story about a girl who wants to be a roller derby person, and then she is. And then she doesn't have that many conflicts. Her parents don't really approve of her. True, but yeah. It's, it's not super dramatic. It was just kind of like, nah, here's, here's a generally nice person who has a hobby mm-hmm. and has a few trials and ultimately succeeds. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's one way of summing it up. How do you sum up this film? Uh, it's like Billy Elliot, mm-hmm. but with roller skates instead of ballet. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. My other, we don't do alternative taglines anymore, but my other one would have been, um, a group of 40-year-old women act like teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ellen Page, well, I looked it up, Ellen Page was only 22 when she did this film. Oh yeah, totally, no, she was young. She vaguely looked her age. Yeah. 100%. Because she was pretending to be 22 throughout this whole film. Oh, yeah, but she's actually supposed to be 17, which is pushing it. Yes, but, yeah. but she is 22. Yeah. And she looks the same now, mm-hmm. like 10 years later. Oh, sure, yeah. She is an anomaly. Maybe short people just don't age, who knows? There's got to be an exception to that. Danny DeVito. Boom, there we go. True, yeah, but he's always looked the age. He doesn't age, he just Damn. always looks the same. You're right. He has I think he came out the womb looking about 45. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would shock you. Have you ever seen a young Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Young Danny DeVito. No, I'm pretty sure he's always looked the same. Yeah. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what have we got to say about this then? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it too. I chose this, well, because we wanted another actor versus director. In fact, I didn't mm. choose this. 
our Twitter and Facebook followers chose this because I decided that we should, if we're going to do actors turn directors, we should absolutely not just have men. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's have a, an actress who's directed a movie. So I put a list up of possibilities. And surprisingly, this one by a mile. Uh, my, the other options were The Beaver by Jodie Foster mm-hmm. and Money Monster by Jodie Foster because Jodie Foster is one of the few actresses who's directed multiple films. Sure. And I think I also put in By the Sea by Angelina Jolie. Which I'm so, I was so relieved didn't win because it was leading the poll initially, and then I was like, oh god, this film's really, really boring. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about that film. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, Whippet took a late surge. Yeah. That's oh, great. Kind of... Oh, well, thanks everybody for choosing this because I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, same. I think it was the best choice they could have made. If it, this film wasn't a success. That's why I was surprised because this film came out, it got good reviews. It came out in 2009 and it got really good reviews, but it, I don't know what went wrong, whether the marketing was wrong for it or it just got lost in the shuffle, but it completely bombed. Mm. Like, it was a complete disaster at the box office. It made like 15 million or something. Mm-hmm. And it didn't cost loads, but at the same time, yeah. But it must be have some kind of cult appeal because it seems like a lot, it seems like a lot of people have actually seen it. So maybe it had an afterlife on DVD or something. So, But yeah, I enjoyed this. I like Drew Barrymore as an actress, and I thought this definitely had a, a sense of her. She's almost the male Tom Hanks for me. I'm not saying she's as you know, magnetic as he is. But I'm saying, like, they have similar appeal. They're just kind of like, if they're on screen, you just you generally enjoy seeing them. Mm, you disagree? Yeah. How so? She's not got the gravitas that Tom Hanks does. Oh, no, she do- absolutely does not. But she's not, she doesn't really do drama. She do- She's a comedian, mm. primarily. But I just mean in the sense of just generally being quite charismatic and likeable. Mm-hmm. And this felt very like a very sunny, kind of happy film in many ways. Even though it had yeah, some drama. Yeah, it definitely it, did. Yeah. It yeah, felt, you she, could imagine she, why she's fine. Fun. Yeah. That's, that's the best I'll give her. Um, oh, tough crowd. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. <laughs> but no, the film itself, yeah, it, it, it was good fun. But again, it was just, it was fine. Like, it wasn't, it, it didn't feel anything special. No. But it certainly didn't feel like it was a, a train wreck or anything. No. It won me around. For the first hour, I was kind of enjoying myself, but I was kind of thinking, this film is just really odd. It is, yeah. It's just, there's just something odd about it. Like, it's just a strange, a very strange story in some ways. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it kind of just won me around by the end. Not that it necessarily made m- any more sense or got more focused. It just mm-hmm. kind of, it just has a kind of shonky charm, I think. I think that what this film needed was to have come out about seven or eight years later than it did. Sure. And... To have been put on Netflix and essentially been the TV show that is Glow. It definitely had a Glow vibe, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't it? <laughs> Massive Glow vibe. Yeah, I picked up on that too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it would have been a lot more entertaining if it was. Mm. Because if you look at the actual scope of the stories of the two of them, there's not much difference in size. Yeah. Of like how big a story they're each telling. Mm-hmm. This one could have easily been expanded so much more so that it tells backstories of all the different characters and everything like that, which is obviously what Glow did. Mm-hmm. And then... Equally, Glow could have been so much less, but still told the same story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, less well. Glow, yeah. Glow was great as it was, as the 13-episode TV show, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really feel like these two felt quite similar. I hope that you've not done that as your sequel. That's not my sequel. I'm guessing yeah. it might be yours, though. No, yeah, no, it was close to mine. Okay. But no, I agree. And I think one thing that struck me about this film is that I didn't feel like Ellen Page's story was necessarily the most interesting. Not at all. I would have liked to see. <laughs> I would have so liked to have seen any of the other characters as the lead, mm. like any of the other roller skating girls. That's why I think that you know Glow did this right because mm. it, it gave everybody a backstory. Yeah, it took a page out of Orange's New Black's idea, where everyone gets a backstory, and it did it very, very well. This one, everybody apart from Ellen Page, obviously lacked a backstory, mm-hmm. and that was a big, big problem with this film. Yeah, no, I would one hundred percent agree. So just to quickly summarize, including Drew Barrymore. 
Yeah, oh, she had a very small role. But actually, I think she well, was... no, her, her, she she was there quite a lot. She was on screen a lot. Yeah, but only in the background. And, yeah. Fair enough. Well, not even like at the end. It was between her and Ellen Page who were going on as like the the main person in the in the thing. Sure. Drew Barrymore went on for one, and then Ellen Page went on for the other. So mm-hmm. she had a, a somewhat big part, I guess. Yeah. Of all the secondary no-name cast, she was the biggest. I would disagree. I would say, I think both Kristen Wiig and Juliette Lewis got more to do. That's why I said no-name at the end. Um, what do you mean? Oh, so you count her as a no-name? <laughs> well, well, yeah, do you know what she was called? Oh, yeah, Smashley Simpson. Oh, I loved that name. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the names were great. They were one of my favourite things. I looked, <laughs> I looked them all up afterwards in the, in the credits because they were so funny. Quick plot summary. So this film stars Ellen Page as a teenage girl in somewhere in rural America. Austin. Austin, America. Okay, first point of order. Ellen Page was not even trying for an accent in this film, was she? No. Did you notice that? Like, her and her mum had completely different accents. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch that, actually. Because her mum is played by Marsha Gay Harden, and she was really laying on that Texas drawl really thick. Mm. And Ellen Page was just being Ellen Page. <laughs> like she, I, I did not detect any variation in her normal speaking voice. I was like... Did her dad have an accent? I think he had a, a, a subtler one than the mum. The mum was really giving it a full accent. The dad was Daniel Stern. Um, I don't think he was quite laying on his fit, but he definitely had an accent, mm. you know, a southern accent, whereas Ellen Page just wasn't even trying. Yeah. Like, she obviously decided she was not going to do that, <laughs> which I found confusing. It's like, are you part of this family? It's not, you, look, you don't particularly look alike and you don't speak alike. But anyway, so she's growing up in this small town. She works in a like a, rest, a chain restaurant, chain restaurant looking kind of thing. A bit directionless. She's going, her mum pushes her into pageants. Her mum's big on the whole pageant circuit. She's not very enthusiastic about it because she's a rebel. And then so one day she's in a shopping mall and she sees some roller skating girls and she decides that she wants to be a roller skater. And then she goes to a local derby event which in which there is a team uh, of women of indeterminate age, which we'll get to. <laughs> this was a big point of order for me in this film. <laughs> this is a, a big point of confusion. But, mm-hmm. uh, they did eventually answer and I was happy about But yeah. anyway. Yeah, so she meets these, these women who are played by primarily, there's Kristen Wiig as, uh, I've written all these down because I do love them. They've all got fabulous names. So it's Kristen Wiig as Maggie Mayhem, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore as Smashley Simpson, and Juliette Lewis as Iron Maven. They're the main stars. And then there's other ones as well, there's some background ones. Uh, Eve, the rapper, plays Rosa Sparks, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, and then Ari Grainer plays Eva Destruction, <laughs> and Zoe Bell plays Bloody Holly. So all great names. You missed one. Which one? Oh, well, Ellen Page herself? No. Who's, who did I miss? Jabba the Slut. Jabba the Slut, you're right. That was a good one. Yeah. That was like a one... She wasn't even in it, though. She was like no, a one scene true, wonder, yeah. but that is a, another really good name. Yeah. yeah. Loved all of that. Do you know what Smashley Simpson is referring to? No. Because that made me laugh, because A, because it was a funny pun, but also because it was such an instantly dated joke as well. Right. It was a kind of joke that only would have made sense at the time this film came out. So, do you know who Ashley Simpson is? No. Do you know who Jessica Simpson is? I've heard the name. Jessica Simpson's more famous. They're sisters. They're... Jessica Simpson was a pop star in like the early 2000s in the kind of the Britney Spears mold. And then Ashley Simpson was her sister who was famous for literally about 15 minutes. Sure. She was on reality TV. She had an album out and stuff. I don't think there's anything she did on that you'd have remembered if you didn't pick up on it at the time. But anyway, it, it just made me laugh because it was such like a... That's obviously the joke. Smashley Simpson, Ashley Simpson. But to name yourself after this real flash in the pan just made me laugh. It just gave me a lot of entertainment. Um, <laughs> right. So anyway, so yeah, so she meets these girls, women who are this roller derby team. And she auditions and joins the team, lies about her age, because you have to be 21 and she's 17. Mm-hmm. She becomes kind of the star of the show. She's very good. Eventually she gets outed as not being 21. So then she has to quit the team. Her parents don't approve. Well, her mum really doesn't approve of the whole thing because she wants her to be in beauty pageants. 
she gets a boyfriend at some point, which, oh my God, I couldn't care less about. That was a very sideline plot. Yeah. I, I That came and went so quickly. It was just a nothing plot. I, I did appreciate that in the end, it didn't matter. Mm. In the sense that I like the fact there was a story about women in which the, their boyfriends really couldn't have mattered less. Yeah. It wasn't about the love story. But by the same token, there didn't need to be a love story at all. It added so little to the plot. Okay, I want to talk about this. Let's finish the wrap-up pretty quickly. So, okay. she's in a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be in that. She wants to be in a royal derby. they both got big events coming up this Saturday mm-hmm. or something on the same day. And yeah. she's like, oh, <gasps> shit, I've got to do one or the other. Oh, mm-hmm. no, how am I going to... Oh, I've got to tell my mum or something. And then the parents find out and they don't approve. And then they do approve. And so she goes to Royal Derby and then her parents don't open the audience. It's all very emotional. Yay, well done. It's the same as every other film. Right, now, what was going on with that swimming pool scene? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) So she picks up a boyfriend in this film who is deathly dull. Yeah. He is so so boring. Like The actor was just a... It wasn't like he was a bad actor necessarily. It was hard to tell. He was just like a block of wood. He was so boring. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she's kind of seeing him for like maybe a scene or two. And then the movie just kind of stops all of a sudden for a very long... It's like 10 minutes long. 10 minute sex scene in a swimming pool, yeah. It's like, when is she breathing? I know, like, I get that it was cut smartly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I say in quotes, because, yeah, there's no point where they surface. Any, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they're just kissing and undressing and stuff under the water, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. No. No, again, it's the kind of thing that looks good on camera, but have you ever tried kissing someone underwater? No. It's not fun. There's chlorine in your eyes. You can't. You, you, you've got like 10, 15 seconds tops before you need to breathe. That's There's the point. They can't see each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to say it like, ah, my eyes. <laughs> There's a bit where he's just kind of sat on the bottom of the pool for what feels like a while. I mean, I, I've got no experience, but I've heard that sucks underwater doesn't work. No, it's gross. Because there's too much friction. Yeah. So you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never actually tried to have sex underwater. No, me neither. But... I've just heard. No, but... You know, we've all had a wank in the shower. Mm. It does get gross, you know. <laughs> it like, instantly becomes a paste. It's not fun. It's very overrated. <laughs> okay, too far, John. You know it's true. Don't say, come on, everybody's wanked in the shower. You know, know what happens when you wank and it hits water. No, I've never got to a paste. It's never become a paste? No. Oh, okay. Maybe I should, maybe you, I should see a doctor. Yeah, you should see someone. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, what about out of the shower? Does it become a paste then? What do you mean? Normal. Oh, no, no, regularly it's just, you know, it is what it is. Great. You know, you know, it, it, it just, it takes on a weird texture when it, like, hits water. I don't know what it is. Like. Sure. One of us has got some issues. <laughs> yeah, okay. Listeners, write in, please. Yeah. It's, anyway. Yes, yes. Um, well, what are we talking about? <laughs> Sex underwater, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah, the whole scene just felt a bit weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was very weird. It was totally from a different movie. And it was then followed up by him dropping her off outside her house. And without saying any words... She just takes her top off, yeah. <laughs> just on the street, yeah. in broad daylight, mm-hmm. outside her house, where her parents are, mm-hmm. where she knows her parents are, mm-hmm. and they've been looking for her, well, she might not know that, but what's she doing just taking her top off there? And they swap tops. Yeah. Well, that's because obviously it has to pay off later when she sees her top on the other girl. And it's... Okay, that feels very roped in. <laughs> it, oh, totally. It, it was really crowbarred in. It, exactly. It, it really didn't make any sense. Like, it was a bizarre... All, everything about the love story was bizarre. Like, where did but, it come from? What, what situation do you have to be in where you're okay with taking your top off just... In the street. In the street outside yeah. your parents' house. I think it was supposed to be a romantic moment, but it just played weird. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it was a romantic <laughs> moment, but... Yeah. Mm. No. No. Broad daylight, you're right. Have some modesty, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Everything about that character, like, where did he come from? Was he just a random punter at the roller derby and yeah i think so yeah he had no backstory he had no personality 
And the film would have been just as good without him. Yeah, he could have been cut out so easily. Yeah, exactly. None of it. He didn't interact with anyone else. No. Like, there's one bit early on where Ellen Page is learning how to skate. And one of the other characters says, you need to find your anger. Mm -hmm. So I thought the boyfriend was going to be the thing that made her angry, that made her a good skater. Yeah. But that wasn't really what happened. She got good without him. So he literally had no point. Mm, That's very true. Yeah. It was very odd. I went on your website and saw some girl wearing my striper t-shirt. Oh, that girl... She just climbed into our van, threw on your shirt. She was an idiot. No, I don't want to be this girl. What girl? I don't want to be the girl that has to stand here and hear about what didn't happen between you and some idiot. What I'll say about this film, it had its charms, but one thing that disappointed me was that it didn't ever really feel like it got to the blood and guts of what roller derby actually is you know like with black swan and obviously black swan's a very different film mm. but just to give an example of a sports film mm-hmm. you really get a sense of how hard it is and you know you really feel like you're in that world of ballet in that film you know you yeah. really get a sense of what it takes of the athletics etc whereas this one it felt i think it's because clearly none of the actors could actually skate <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty obvious like there were lots of like fast cuts like, they were never skating on screen for more than like half a second like i liked how whenever you did see them skating or like that one bit near the end where you see Alan Page jumping over like four people or something. Mm. It's turned into super slow-mo, just like guys who've actually got her doing it. Yeah. I did enjoy playing um, Spot the Stunt Double when there were lots of like fast crowd scenes of all skating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just meant that it never really got up close and personal with it. It was too cut away, cut away, cut away to make it look like these actresses could actually skate. Mm. Which yeah, it just made it, it just meant that you never really felt it. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made the film better if you really felt that the roller derby was real because it's an interesting sport i think I mean, yeah certainly yeah i mean i was very confused by the rules but uh are there rules i, I was unclear well this is the other thing there's a scene in the film where they're all because it's a big it's like a big stadium isn't it like mm-hmm. from the inside it's got like a looks like it's got a good few thousand capacity people watching it mm-hmm. it's a big rink that they're skating around and everything and yet there's a scene about midway through the film where the police turn up in the middle of a show and shut it all down yeah i was like what you mean this is all illegal? Yeah. Like, I was like, this has been illegal the whole time? Like, well, people were saying, like, Royal Derby's not illegal. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's not illegal. Please explain to me how it is and how the police are getting away with making everybody move on and arresting people for stuff. I could only assume that we were meant to believe that they were crashing on someone's private property to do it. Yeah, but had they built this whole stadium? That's what I was like. What's this when it's not a Royal Derby stadium? Like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't understand it. How are they selling tickets for this? Like, yeah. I was so confused. Yeah, it missed something. Just a, a single sentence yeah. or something would probably have fixed that. Some bit of explanation. Uh, yeah, a bit of backstory. I really wanted a version of this film, and this isn't the sequel, that really told you much more about how the other women came together and formed the team and how it all came to, you know, how it all came to happen in the first place. Exactly. This is where Glow would this is do where really Glow well, did it really, really well. Because it really felt like Ellen Page's character had the least amount of interesting plot line to go on. Her whole dynamic was, oh, I'm too young to be in the team. And my parents don't approve. And that really feels like a side character plot that you maybe mention like two or three times. Yeah. But instead they build the whole film around her. And I'm like, well, I want to know about Kristen Wiig in her trying to struggle to raise her son while she's also a roller derby. Mm. I want to know more about Juliette Lewis, you mm. know, how she got to be so bitter. And why is Drew Barrymore so angry all the time? Like, just, <laughs> I really wanted all of those stories and you just didn't quite get them. So. Yeah, yeah. it was a shame because mm-hmm. they were all quite interesting characters. Yeah, we've played by good actors, but mm. they just didn't get enough to do, which was a bit sad. Anyway, let me introduce you to our first team coming to you from the streets of Austin. Men, hold on to your cookies. It's the Hurl Sky! 
I did also enjoy the the credits at the end where we see, like, were they outtakes? Yeah, it seemed like outtakes, but not. It was I'm, not like, I'm not sure if they were staged or not. Yeah, it was hard to tell. It wasn't like they were full on outtakes, like of them breaking character. It was mm. more just like funny little moments, mm. like when Juliet Lewis kind of does a jump and lands and then looks directly into camera and kind of smirks. And they might be in deleted scenes, perhaps. I'm not possibly, sure. yeah. But it was fun, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it was good, whatever fun. it was. It did make it look like the whole gang had a really fun time filming this. Oh, film. I bet it's, this was great fun to make. Absolutely, mm. yeah. And it is fun to watch. The, the, I, was, I will say, as much as the plot is kind of paper thin and there's problems with the film, I think what makes it work is just the enthusiasm. Like I said with that thing you do, it's like everyone's having a great time and sometimes it's just nice to watch a film when everyone involved seems like they're just having fun. Yeah. So on the whole, that's what kind of sold it to me, is that mm-hmm. the, the, it did convey an authentic sense of joy, which I always enjoy in a film. So what did you think of the parents? They were a bit two-dimensional. Well, the mom was a bit two-dimensional. The mm-hmm. dad took a bit of a twist when he didn't approve. Sure. Like, I thought he was going to approve. Just be the good cop the whole film. And she was yeah, be but, the bad he, cop, but yeah. he just wasn't uh, outspoken enough to um, speak over the mum. Sure. I actually quite liked the parents because I liked how they kind of had their own stuff going on. And it was only hinted at, but... Mm. They weren't just nagging parents or good cop, bad cop. It was like, I liked all the little references to how they both really enjoyed having sex with each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was nice. And the uh, fact that the mum's a secret smoker as well. Just all like, There were some little details that made them a little bit more fleshed out for me than yeah, a lot of were. movie parents. I did also like that they weren't just one character. Yeah. Because a lot of parents do just turn into one character. Sure. So these ones, they turn up at the Royal Derby separately for different reasons mm-hmm. at the end. Which was good, because often it can just be... Where, oh yeah, mum and dad both approve at the same time and they just turn up and they watch it together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice because of that. Yeah, no, I thought they were good. I enjoyed them. I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to change my work schedule to Mondays, Wednesdays. Because I'm going to take an SAT class on Tuesdays, Thursdays. I'm impressed. Me too. I like smart girls. That's why I married your mama. Well, that and I knocked her up. Oh, we haven't talked about one of my favourite characters, actually. Yes. The team's manager, Razor. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what was, uh, what was, what was your favourite bit about him? Mostly the way he was dressed. <laughs> yeah. He always looked like he just finished up a tennis game. Like yeah. A tennis <laughs> he had, like, the headband on. He had those shorty, shorty, short shorts, like mm-hmm. the denim cutoffs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he seemed very, very emotionally invested in the whole thing. Much more so than any of the women. He did, didn't he? Yeah. It was a little weird. Mm. Do you know who the actor is? I only found this out no. from Wikipedia. It. He is played by an actor called Andrew Wilson, who is the older brother of Luke and Owen Wilson. Oh, right. Yeah, so he's the, the Luke Hemsworth of the Owen dynasty, I guess. The older, least famous one. <laughs> That's unfortunate for him. Yeah. I enjoyed him in this. I've never seen him in anything else, but yeah, he was good fun. Yeah, he was good. I felt like the men had better... Unusually, the men had better wigs than the women in this film. I don't notice any. I'm pretty sure Andrew Wilson was wearing a wig. Sure. But also, um, another character I haven't discussed, Jimmy Fallon. Oh. It was definitely rocking a good yes, old he wig. Was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was going through the whole film just thinking like, is that Jimmy Fallon? Wait, or is that Jimmy Kimmel? Wait, what? Who? Who? <laughs> you still can't tell them apart. No, I can't. Okay. They look not, apart from them both being Jimmy's... I know they don't look the same. No. Their names are the same. That's enough to confuse you. Yeah. Okay. And they both host talk shows in America. Uh, They have their similarities, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he was pretty fun. He wasn't really as much of a character in his own right as kind of a a commentator. But yeah, he was at a party as well. He was at the party, yeah. I I, I did really like him. He might be my favourite character, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, our favorite Whole Foods checkout girl is about to hey. bag her some honey. Clean up on all five. With time left for only one more jam in the game out of reach, Smashley Simpson is out of here. So yeah, I really want to talk about the ages of these women. All right. Were you confused by this as well? A tad, maybe. I was watching this whole film, and it's like... Because obviously all these actors, it's like Kristen Wiig and Juliette Lewis and Drew Barrymore, who are all like 35, 36 at this point. Mm-hmm. And Ellen Page, as you say, is, is playing 17. She's actually 21. 22. 22, sorry, at the time. And so I'm watching this whole film about this very kind of, what I feel to be quite a juvenile sport. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are all acting like frat boys. They're always getting into fights. And the party scene where they like grab Ellen Page and literally fling her into a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, some of you are old enough to be her mother. <laughs> there is a point where two of them lift another one of them up over the top of a keg and then she has to what is it down a keg Wasn't they have to, yeah they're having ke- it is so frat boy they're having keggers they have a big food fight mm-hmm. in the restaurants that bloody food fight <laughs> oh that was tragic what because of the waste of food yeah. <laughs> so much food just gone I know I can barely watch it nearly turns it off really Harrigan doesn't like seeing food go to waste no no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so the, through the whole film I was like are we supposed to believe that these women are, like, in their 20s? Because they're clearly not. You know, the actors clearly are not. And I was, I was really puzzled. And then there's a scene about two-thirds in with, where Ellen Page and Juliette Lewis confront each other. Because Juliette Lewis is kind of the antagonist in this film. She's on the other team. And she is kind of quite aggressive towards Ellen Page. And she's quite jealous of her, etc. Yeah. And so there's this whole scene where they finally, like, have this confrontation. And Juliette Lewis goes, how old do you think I am? And at that moment, I was like, I'd been kind of like half, well, like two thirds watching the film. I was watching, but I was kind of like passively watching. Mm-hmm. And then she said, how old do you think I am? And I was like, I am on the edge of my seat for this answer. Because this, <laughs> this, this film is answering the question I've been wondering for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I think Ellen Page says like 25. And then Juliet Lewis says, I'm 36. And I actually screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank God. <laughs> she is the age she appeared to be. So then, then it was fine. Because then it kind of acknowledged it and was like, okay, yeah, these are unusually mature women to be doing this mm. spot. Yeah. And then it was fun. But like, again, I would have loved to know more about that. Why are they still doing it at 36? Did they start doing it? Mm. Is the story that they all kind of turned like 30, 31 and then had a late, you know, arrival into this cool sport that they all mm-hmm. got into? Or have they been doing it since they were like in their 20s and it's just, they've just never let it go? I would love to know that. This movie could have been about any character but Ellen Page. It would have been so much better. Yeah. Anyway. Shame. So that... That really did fascinate me. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Ruthless, ruthless, ruthless. Maven, Maven, Maven. Hey, guess how old I am. 27? Oh, that's sweet. I'm 36. Shall we get to some drinking games? Yep. Cool. Hit me. Drink for crashes. Crashes. So when a character crashes off mm-hmm. the Yeah, that's good. Similar one. Drink every time Drew Barrymore's character is involved in an act of fairly serious looking physical violence. It's only the one at the start, isn't it? Well, that's the scene where she gets hit and then like it cuts to it and her whole face is just like pouring with blood. Mm. Uh, but she also is constantly attacking people. 
True. Yeah, like every True. every scene she's in, she she's like, oh yeah, she has multiple fights. Yeah. Yes, yes, and like, I remember on the pitch. Every time she's like actually playing the role of Dobby, she just seems to just flagrantly break the rules and punch people. <laughs> I don't know if there's like a card system in this possibly illegal roller derby no idea. tournament, but she should have had like a ban at some point because she every time she gets on the thing, she yeah, she literally punches women in the face. Like, so yeah, and then obviously when they're at the party, she just attacks that guy who's apparently her boyfriend, who I think gets off on it, but she just mm. runs up and starts like pummeling him. Very true. Yeah. Very true. But only lightly. True, yeah. It wasn't like abusive. Well true. yeah. It was just it was just funny to me that you know, it's yeah, a good yeah. it's a good drinking it. Every time she's she put hits someone or is hit herself. Fair. <laughs> Sup, ladies. <laughs> Should we help him? Yeah. No. That's her fiance. He loves it. That's her fiance. Hey. <laughs> okay. Drink for coloured tips. 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 With Not tips. Yeah, with P. Tips. Okay. Like, uh, what's it called? Like tie-dye? Like dip-dyed hair? Ah. Like there were lots... Yeah, all of yeah, them yeah. had like this, the blue streaks or the pink... Uh, Kristen yeah. Wiig had like the pink streak. I, I was very much enjoying all of that. Yep. It was good, good fun. Good one. <laughs> good shout. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink for when you think of a film that shares the same plot. Oh, okay, sure. Do you want to give me some examples? Well, I've got Billy Elliot. Sure, yeah. I feel like any sporting movie. A lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Bend it like Beckham? I've not seen it in a while. I can't remember, but maybe... Yeah, I think so. Mm. You always call me out my drunken games where I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> well, Otherwise, there's a solution to that, you know. Don't know what it is. Anyway, what you got? Drink for references to the parents' sex lives. Sure. So every time there's just a little moment when they have a little like, hey, <laughs> which I liked. It was very sweet. It yeah, fun. it made them feel real. Mm. As parents, they weren't. As I say, they weren't just like the finger wagging, you know, authoritarians. They felt like they were people. <clears throat> Yeah, sure. Also, they were very differently styled. <laughs> the parents? Yeah. The mum was very kind of like pageanty and very like, you know, make, big makeup, big hair, you know. And then the dad's just rocking around in this like vest the whole time. Like, he's, he's like a wife beater the whole time. Like. True, true, yeah. <laughs> and there's that weird, that weird um, unspoken rivalry with his neighbour that you see every now and again where his neighbour keeps putting signs up in the garden and he just gives him like a meaningful oh, look. yeah. <laughs> and That's what film ended, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he found it as a sign of his own to put up. Because his got film his went on five minutes longer than it needed to. I'd say fifteen. Like cut the whole love interest story out, and yeah, a few other unnecessary bits. And... Well, because it finished with like her on the track, skating round with a massive smile on her face. Sure, yeah. Which should have been the end. Totally, yeah. It's her story. Because that, been... that was the end of the story. Yeah. And then there's like a, th- a solid five minutes after that of her dad hammering in the sign and some other stuff that I don't care about and don't remember. Mm-hmm. Just end it there. Yeah. That would have been well good. That mm. would have really added something to the film. I tend to agree, yeah. yeah. But I like the dad, but yeah. He was good, but, but that, yeah, that, that, that. that wasn't a strong enough running joke to literally end the film. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any more? No. Okay, uh, I have one more. Oh, or two more. One. Uh, drink every time Jimmy Fallon says something gross. Sure, yeah. sure. I'll do, I'll do a montage. I'll insert a montage here of Jimmy Fallon being gross. Coming to you from the streets of Austin. Men, hold on to your cookies. It's the Hurl Scott! Hey, Black Widows, my Spidey senses are tingling. About to make a sequel in my pants. We got two girls rolling on the track. I don't know whether to break it up or break up the video camera. If you're still having trouble following the game, folks, don't worry, you're not the only one. We'll keep track of the score for you. You keep track of the fish nets. And finally, drink every time you wonder what the hell are the rules of this game? (laughs) Fair, fair. Yeah. I had no idea. There are no rules. No. But it seems like there are, because there's a referee of sorts. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, what are the rules? 
Well, it's like there were t- there's the can ro- you hit people in the face. I don't no? think you're supposed to. But the, 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 you can you're supposed look, to, but no. Well, that's something you've got the ones who are just whose job it is to just keep going round and round and round, mm. and you've got the ones who are there to knock people off their game, aren't they? Mm. But then, yeah, it's unclear what is and what isn't allowed. But I'm pretty sure every time someone gets punched in the face, that's bad. But it was unclear. Yeah, it was. It was very unclear. Yeah. Also, they Don't... really seem like they didn't give a shit. Like the girls themselves. Do you think? Like they didn't bother to learn any of the routines or any, or any of the playbooks that Razor created for them. Mm. They're like, oh no, we didn't read them. Like, how long have you been doing this? And I guess at the end they get a little bit of ambition, but yeah. Mm. Do you find it weird that uh, one point Ellen Page said, "Did anybody ever fall over the barrier?" <laughs> and the girls were like, "Yeah," as though like it's the most horrible thing ever. Yeah. And then at one point Drew Barrymore does fall over the barrier mm. and just crowd surfs for a little bit, and then just gets thrown back onto her skates. Oh yeah. And wins the match. I feel like everyone. In so this... it's clearly not a bad thing. No, but I feel like everyone in this film is, is like made of titanium because, <laughs> or has super healing powers. Because that's that bit when she gets hit in the face and her whole face explodes, and she looks like she's broken her nose. She looks like seriously injured. Mm. And then the next day, she's not a bruise on her. She's fine. Like nobody's injuries like matter in this film. Think of that bit at the end, near the end, or maybe at the end, when Ellen Page gets hit like slightly in the side sure. and falls over and acts as though she's passed out. Mm. The whole game stops. The whole audience quiets down, including Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And she stays there for like a good 30 seconds or something. Somebody comes over to her, helps her up and she's fine <laughs> with not a single physical injury on her. Mm. And then she carries it on in the next race. Yeah. What was that for? For drama, Harry. <laughs> but <laughs> no, nobody else in the film took it as drama. No. Well, no, yeah. sorry. They all took it as too much drama when yeah. they took n- everything else beforehand as nothing. Just yeah, la- laughing at everything. You're right. People are getting tripped up, punched in the face, like thrown over the barriers. But then it's like, Ellen Page has tripped. Like, yeah. Stop everything. Yeah. This film was odd. Were we supposed to think that she was dead? Or that she was like seriously injured at that point? Because I'm... the film had not been leading to that. No. I if it was it... to do that, somebody else would need to be seriously injured beforehand. Yeah. Rather than just breaking their nose, exploding their face and, you know cracking their skull or whatever mm. and then just being fine the next day yeah that would have been a really funny like hard turn if the film just ended there with it just like fades away over her corpse <laughs> yeah like what <laughs> or smash cuts her in a wheelchair like she's like broken her spine or something yeah <laughs> yeah mm. it was a weird one there were some very strange choices in this film mm. very odd and yeah I did enjoy it yeah. I found it to be fun and entertaining and charming so yeah, yeah it was good cool okay shall we talk a little bit about Patreon I remember this week well, you did. Well done. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could do it this week. No, nah, you should do it. <laughs> okay, so we're on Patreon. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash set, you can support us by giving us a little bit of money every month. Yep. As our way of saying thank you for that, we have a couple of bonus features which we give to you. One of them being a review show where we review films that are in the cinema right now. As of recording, I think our latest episode is Love, Simon. Mm-hmm. Brilliant film. Good review. Yeah. If I were to do a review of our review, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I would give our review a solid 8 out of 10. 8? Maybe a 9. Okay. Maybe a 10. Screw it. <laughs> 10 out of 10 review. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give mine an 11 out of 10. Oh, wow, okay. That's yeah. high, maybe slight hyperbole, but sure. That's, that's, uh, that's how much you should uh, tune into uh, our Patreon feed. Sure, yeah. Also, um, every month, for anybody who is a Patreon, we will invite you onto the show to... Mm-hmm. Well, pick- we'll invite one of you onto the show. Well, yes. One per month. Yes, yeah. one, one per month. Uh, you can come on the show and do a film of your choice. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't want to come on, you can just give us a film of your choice and we will do that as our next episode. Yep. We've uh, had some good ones out yeah. of that. So, yeah, we appreciate having our listeners show us films that we might never have thought of doing ourselves. So, yeah. 
Also, if anybody wants to, they can send us some personal details that can be true or made up. We don't <laughs> need to know. And we will write you into one of our sequels as a character. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the next Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. you want to be the next Meryl Streep, yeah. or Leonardo DiCaprio. Or more likely the next Lucas Hedges, since we cast <laughs> him every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then, uh, well, you know where to go. Mm-hmm. And finally, the last thing we do, I think that's the last thing we do, every month we will do a 30-second advert slot mm-hmm. where we will advertise anything that you want us to. Well, almost anything. So that could be a podcast, it could be a business you run, it could be uh, looking at Tron's apartment, uh, look, could be a TV remote. Mm-hmm. If you want a, um, a good TV remote, Tron's got billions. I have three. Why? TV, you... Sky, DVD player. It's not that unusual, is it? What does your TV do other than on and off? There's channels and volume control. And... But isn't that what Sky does? Yeah, but it only works if the Skybox is switched on. Sometimes it's not. TVs are overcomplicated. They are, yeah. Just turn it on, press play. That's all you need. You don't know you're born. My TV remote has six buttons. Great. It's great. So simple. Nothing to it. When I was a kid, I used to get to, at Nan's, I used to have to like, fiddle with a little dial to try and tune the channels in. Give it a good slap if the image quality wasn't good enough. Well, yeah, but, you know, 80 years later, we're living in the present day. <laughs> um, so my advert this week is for an Apple TV, guys. Sure, um, yeah. Goodbye, Apple TVs. They're great. The remotes are brilliant. So this week, the 30-second ad slot goes to the Contrarians podcast, our good friend Julio, oh, yeah. who was recently on the show with uh, his film pick, That Thing You Do, which was a great episode. Their show is a movie review podcast in which they, they look at RottenTomatoes.com and they take films with a high rating and give them a deliberately negative review, or they take films with a low rating and attempt to find the positives in them. Hmm. So, hence the contrarians. They kind of, it's an, kind of a forced experiment in like why RottenTomatoes.com is a somewhat flawed system for deciding what is a good or a bad film. Sure. And it's very funny, and they come up with some really good ideas and some good insights. And even if they don't necessarily always believe what they're saying, they often hit on some interesting points, which is really fun. And they've recently had a series on John Travolta film movies, I believe which is always a good time. He's had many an interesting film. Uh, so yeah, go to wearethecontrarians.com or search The Contrarians Podcast on iTunes or find them on Twitter at, at Contrarian Prime. So yeah, that is The Contrarians Podcast. And we look forward to having Julio on again at some point. So mm. thank you, Julio. Oh, and if you would like to support us on Patreon, uh, it is a pay-as-you-feel tiered system. So you can pay as much or as little as you like from as little as $2 way up to $15,000 a month. However much or little you pay, you get access to all the same fabulous bonus content. So... Get on board. It's a bargain. Cool. The sequels? Sequels, yes. Let's do some sequels. So you go first this week, since I chose the film. Sure. Okay. Well, mine is a sequel set some years later. Sure. It is called Whip It. Whip It Real Good. I knew someone would go for that. Go on then. So this film follows the daughter of Adam Page's character. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's set, you know, fair while later. Oh, so Um, is this daughter a teenager? Mm-hmm. So does this mean this film takes place in the future? Maybe, I don't know. Okay. Well, this film could have taken place in a little further back than when it's set. You don't exactly, see that much technology. Exactly. Like, it's, it's somewhat timeless. It doesn't sure. need to be dated, necessarily. Sure, sure, sure. So, Ellen Page is actually going to be playing the daughter. She's playing her own daughter? Mm-hmm. Interesting choice. Okay. Who's playing her mom? Or herself? Um, Ellen's old character, who was called Bliss Cavender, yeah. um, is now going to be played by Alison Janney. Interesting, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I like Alison Janney. Mm-hmm. I like Ellen Page. Mm. There is a clear problem here. Right. What? As we've discussed, Ellen Page is very, very short. Yes. Alison Janney is very, very tall, famously. Well, that is deliberate. Oh, okay, cool. It, it bears no relevance to the plot, just 
Just as a joke, yeah. It's a bit, a bit stupid. Like, how does Ellen Page age? She just ages upwards. Yeah. <laughs> she just got really tall. <laughs> yeah. A post-pubescent growth spurt. I mean, let's just say that this is 15 years later. So she is like, what, 37 now? Sure. You know, Alison Janney's like 60. Yeah, that's the point. Okay, so there's a just, lot it's of... It's absolutely ridiculous because Ellen Page, in real life, doesn't age. Sure, all right. <laughs> so rather than try and like put Ellen Page in old, old woman makeup or something, let's just cast somebody who's much, much older than she needs to be. Sure. Okay, I like it. I like how you go in your sequels you really go all in on like who cares about detail like, you know, <laughs> they're like yeah yeah let's make a Of Mice and Men sequel where it's a high school prom with her. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah I like sure. it it's good it's like <laughs> anyway continue so, Alice, so Ellen Page is now Alison Janney and she now has a daughter who is Ellen Page yeah okay I'm on board great tell me more okay so I'm gonna need character names in this okay so Bliss Alison cool. Janney she had this daughter a while ago and has been really forcing her to get into roller derby. Sure, okay. She's like a stage mum, pushy stage mum. Yes. So is she like the version of her own mother who, with the pageants, but with Essentially, roller yeah. derby? Cool, okay. So much so that in fact that she named her with a roller derby name. Oh, interesting. What's her name? Skate Winslet. That's very good. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, be proud of Ross Burton. He helped me out with that one. Okay, sure. Oh, I should have known. <laughs> there were a few Whipper, I hardly knew her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. So this film largely follows Skate Winslet. Sure. and uh, <laughs> It's uh, never not going to be funny. <laughs> um, as her mother forces her into the sport of roller derby. Sure. Um, in the opening scene, Skate, who is now referred to as Kate, sure. is seen with her best friend, frantically dyeing her hair blonde before a big roller derby competition. When her team comes out ready to, to dominate... All wearing butch army uniforms. Mm-hmm. She rolls out last with bright blonde hair and a pink frilly dress. Oh no. The whole crowd falls silent. <gasps> is her best friend going to be played by Alia Shawcat from the original? Or is it going to be the same thing? People playing their own daughters? Or Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. She has not got a big part in this. That's fine. Just a little detail. So we then get an action scene in which uh, she is made fun of and beaten to the ground. Oh, Roller Barbie isn't welcome here. People keep shouting. Driving home, her mother is very unhappy with her, saying that she doesn't know why she pays for all these events. We get home, and Skate goes straight to her room, like the rebellious teen that she is. We see that the whole house is full of roller derby memorabilia, apart from Skate's room, which is full of beauty pageant things and Barbies and stuff. Oh, the irony. (laughs) After an argument about something between Skate and Bliss, the two of them go shopping. The mother and daughter go shopping? Yeah. Okay. So they go to a few shops, and in one of them they find uh, a blue dress that they both like. And Bliss says, oh yeah, that'd be really ironic. We could rip it a little, and we could paint some stencils to it, and stuff like that. But can, can, we, can we not just keep it as it is? No. No daughter of mine is going to be walking around like some kind of doll. <laughs> well, what if I just bought it myself? And then Bliss looks at the counter and sees what she thinks of bongs. And she says, oh, there's some good bongs there. And she gets embarrassed when it turns out they're just pretty ornaments. Oh, so this is because there's a scene in the film where she goes to a skater's, yeah. like, bong store with her mom. Cool. Okay. I'm spotting a theme here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can see what I've done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, though. I have half-assed this to the max. <laughs> That's no one like you. So the mother wants to leave, uh, but while she is messing about or whatever, Skate buys the dress um, while she's not looking. While well, the purchase happens, a couple of women walk in who look like Barbies and are dressed in very small clothes, showing a lot of skin and are finishing each sentence with an upward inflection. Uh-huh. As though everything's a question? 
Uh-huh. She's completely taken aback by this and inspired. The next day, her and her best friend, whatever her name was. Alia Shawcat, I believe. Alia. Is the actress, anyway. Yeah. Great. Um, they secretly go to a secret beauty pageant induction. Okay. Where they try out and get accepted into pageant school. Ooh, okay. Or whatever it's called. Pageant school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, montage. Of course. To the music of Salt and Pepper's Push It. Okay. Or possibly Davo's Whip It. Or Davo's, either one. Sure, yeah. Either one would do. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe you can make this a musical. We could make this a musical, yeah. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, so she's singing about her dream of just, she wants just wants to be a beauty pageant girl. Mm-hmm. I like it, yeah. I don't know if Ellen Page well, can no, we, sing. We probably already had that, where she would sing about the song. Now is the point where she's doing it. This is her actively becoming a beauty pageant contestant. Sure, yeah. Like the transformation song. Yes. Yeah. No, this could work. This, this film would make a good musical. <sighs> I didn't think of this before. Hey, it's live brainstorming. This is podcasting gold. Okay. Let's commit to it. Okay, right. High energy from now on out. <laughs> so Skate gets pretty good at the beauty pageants. So much so that she has got into the Austin Championships and has a chance of becoming Miss Texas. Oh, okay. If she were to win this championship. Yes. She gets to all the pageants and tries her absolute hardest despite her parents' lack of support. Well, lack of knowledge. She's kept up with the Roller Derby as well just to keep her mum happy. You sure. know, so she's not missing out and her mum's not going to catch on that she's doing something else. Now, is she good at the Roller Derby? I think she was good. Yeah. But she's not really anymore because she's distracted. Okay, sure. Because it felt like Ellen Page wasn't really cut out for beauty pageant world in the first place. No, it didn't. Yeah. She was much more convincing as like a roller derby girl than she was as a pageant girl. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and this one, she is good at roller derby, mm-hmm. but she's not really anymore because she's been spending too much time at beauty pageants. She's not been training. Sure. Also, she's been trying very hard not to get hit in the face. Oh, yeah, of course. Because obviously that would just ruin her other career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's been very cautious, mm. which does not work well in this sport. Okay, sure. So her Royal Derby team are trying to get through to the qualifiers, but they're struggling massively. Mm-hmm. And so Bliss, the mother, comes along to a game and sees how bad the skate is doing. After the game, she gives skate a big talking to. Look, I've seen the newspapers... I know that you're trying to be a pageant winner, like your aunt, but you never will be. Aunt? Do you mean grandma? He, she, uh, if you remember, Ellen Page had a little sister. Oh, okay, cool. Fine. Very, very subtle detail for a character that was not very well included. No? Okay, cool. That, that was so subtle, I didn't even notice it, but cool. <laughs> but you never will be. You're not right for the part. But mum, but mum, it's what I want to do. I'm really good at it. So was I back in my youth. I was almost the best there ever was. Then why don't you carry on? Because I saw there was no decent future in pageanting. It's just too harsh an industry. (laughs) And roller derby isn't. Well, at least in roller derby you get to have some fun. Well, yeah, fair point. You know what, I guess you're right, Mum. Thank you. Right, now where's your skull mask? We need to get this team back on track. So Kate puts on the mask and competes in another roller derby. And this time the team wins! Hooray! They never won in the first film. After winning the player of the competition... Skate Winslet rolls up to her mother Bliss and says, I'm so glad you helped me understand that you were right, Mum. This is way better than what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the end of the film? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> that was abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd twist it on its head. Oh, okay, sure. In a way that rather than the kid was right and the parents were wrong. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, the, the, mother, right the kid was mother knows best. You want. Yeah. Well... I'm sensing you weren't a very rebellious teen. I once stole a lot of pens from my old job. That's, <gasps> that's the most I did. Good grief. I'm amazed you're not living on the streets right now. <laughs> like a lot. Do you want, if, if you want one, I've still got some. Like You, you store pens like in bulk? Uh, like no, no more than ten at a time. But consistently over a long period of time? 
Yeah, like a couple of months. Oh, wow. How many do you think you actually got away with? About 200. Well, that's fairly impressive. You know, as low-level rebellion goes, you know, <laughs> stealing biros from some hotel in Aberystwyth or whatever it was. Yes, it was great. Okay. Well, I'll take it all back. You were truly a rebel without a cause. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, that feels like it's a short film. Yes. More of a vignette, if anything, really. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have uh, said at the start, this is probably quite a short idea. That's okay. It feels more like a skit. It could just play, it could play like a spoof of the film, maybe. Yeah, that'd be yeah, better, That'd work, yeah. But I like the musical angle, too. Mm. I definitely think, if you were going to expand that into a whole film... That could be like the end of Act One. And then, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Know, okay. A musical number like Mother Knows Best kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like it. Is the dad going to play a part at all? No. No, no sign of him. Are the other team members, is it going to be the same characters again or are we going to get some different ones? Or Yeah, they could easily just be all the same people again playing their daughters. Playing their own daughters <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> weird time frames going on, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think to put her in my sequel, but you know who I wish had been in this movie? Mm. Kate McKinnon. You know what, I was thinking the same. She would have been so much fun. Yeah. One of the puns that Ross came up with was Skate McKinnon. Skate McKinnon. Um, I like that too. I think Skate Winslet's better, but Skate McKinnon is also good. Mm. Yeah. Skate Blanchett. No, Skate Blanchett doesn't work. No. No. It doesn't always work. Okay. Did that have a title? Yeah, it was uh, Whip It, Whip It Real Good. Oh, yes, it was. Okay, cool. Okay, well, yeah, I think that could work. Well, on to you. Cool. I struggled to come up with a good title for mine this week. So mm-hmm. I've just gone for quite an obvious one, which is Whip It to a Hell on Wheels. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily relate to the plot that much, but yeah. No. I had alternates, but they didn't really work mm. for reasons that may become clear. Okay. So uh, I've also done a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. It's also set in the future. I'm going to say 10 years into the future. Okay. 10, 15 years. So roughly equal to the time that has passed since this film came out in 2009. Yeah. Babe Ruthless, which is Bliss Cavendish, Ellen Page's character's stage name. Sure, sure. I refer to her throughout as Babe, but it is Ellen Page, in case you were wondering. Um, she played by a pig. No, it's still, it's still Ellen Page. She's not okay. playing. <laughs> that, I did think about that, yeah, Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> Just a whole film with pigs, yeah. No, so Babe Ruthless is now the top roller derby professional in all of Texas. Mm-hmm. She's a huge star attraction. The show is no longer illegal. It's now somehow gone legit. So she's getting sponsorship deals. She's a YouTube sensation. She's on all the magazines, etc. You know, she's as big a star as a roller derby professional can be. Mm. Obviously, all of the other women, you know, Smashley Simpson and Iron Maven, you know, Drew Barrymore, G- Juliet Lewis, etc. They've long since retired. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're in their like, late 40s at this point. So there's a new batch of girls, who are, all of whom are a lot younger than Babe. She's now the oldest one in the bunch by a good seven or eight years. Sorry, is this still Ellen Page? Ellen Page, yes. So okay. it's still play Ellen Page. Ellen Page, still, who looks, still looks 12. But is in fact 32, I think. Mm, Maybe she should be playing yeah. a bit older. She, I think she should be like 36 in this film. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's, she's playing a little bit older than her age, but... Sure. Yeah, she, she if, she, if she brings confidence to the role, then she's, she's got it. Yeah, I'm, I think she can do this. Yeah. So yeah, so... Maybe they could grey her hair a little bit. A little bit, just maybe a little bit of age, a really unsubtle ageing makeup, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like the worse, the better for me. (laughs) So she herself is now in her mid thirties and she's starting to wonder how much longer she can keep this up. Mm -hmm. It's a very physically demanding um, career choice. And her mum is still pushing her to do something else while she still has time to change career. You know, I gave you this chance 10 years ago to follow your dream, but you're still doing it. And, you know, at some point you're going to have to get a real job kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so we open at one of the shows, one of the Royal Derby shows, and she leads the team to a stunning victory in front of a huge cheering crowd. Uh, but then she goes backstage and we see that she is in absolute agony. Like her back's killing her, her legs are, are buckling underneath her. And as she undresses in the changing room, we see that she's just covered in bruises. 
So it's really taken a toll on her. Mm-hmm. While she's changing, a wide-eyed young girl of about 21 years old. I said 21 because I don't really want to deal with the whole underage kind of plotline in this story. It's sure. just not relevant. So let's just say she's 21. Comes backstage and introduces herself as a girl called Eve. Mm-hmm. The name is deliberate. I'll explain it at the end. And she's going to be played by some current hot young actress. I was thinking maybe Zendaya. From, yeah, yeah. Do you know from um, Great Showman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. It doesn't particularly matter. So Babe is in no mood to meet fans right now. So she's quite dismissive, but Eve is very insistent. She claims to be Babe's number one fan. And she says she's been to every rally since she was old enough to drive. And she really, really wants to be a roller girl herself someday. And so just to get rid of her, Babe says, well, there's a tryout next Saturday. So why not turn up there if you're serious and show us what you've got? Mm-hmm. So she does. And the following Saturday, Eve turns up at the roller derby tryouts where Babe and Razor, who's still managing the team and coaching them, they watch. And Eve absolutely nails the audition. She's fast, she's determined, she's acrobatic. And even Babe is begrudgingly really impressed by how much talent she has. And Razor is hugely excited. She's the most exciting young talent he's seen since Babe the first time around. So he offers her a place on the team on the spot. Mm-hmm. And Babe goes back and you know, begrudgingly kind of congratulates her, says, you know, you did really well there. And Eve just says, thanks, I learned everything I know from watching you. And she's very, just sweet as pie. Uh, so she joins the team and she quickly becomes one of their star players. And even though she's not, nothing but nice to Babe, Babe just can't help but just mistrust her a little bit. There's just something a bit off that she can't really trust. Sure, yeah. So sometime after that, Razor calls a team meeting with some very exciting news for the girls that they've been approached by a national cable channel, let's say Bravo or something, Mm -hmm. uh, to star in their own reality show about the all-female roller derby. Mm -hmm. Seems like the kind of thing that would um, make a good reality show, you know? Yeah. Women in extreme sports and, you know. Sounding a little glow now. It's, yeah, it's not quite going in that direction, but maybe there might be some touches. Okay. Also, I'm not turning it into the Truman Show. I'm just putting that out there right now, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I know the word reality show sets off alarms for you, but yeah. it's not making it the Truman Show. Uh, not this week. So they're all very excited, obviously. And as the star attraction of the team, Babe gets top billing. She's, all, she's on all the posters. She's the first credited. She's in all the adverts, etc. And so at first, it's all going well. The show becomes a success. And Babe is the star of the show. Mm-hmm. However, as the filming continues, the production crew starts kind of demanding more drama to keep the show interesting. Because it's reality TV. They can't just film people being professional. They need to be bitching and fighting and, you know, like yeah. Real Housewives style stuff. Yeah, of course. So they try and manufacture yeah. arguments and rivalries between all the girls. But Babe prides herself on her professionalism. She's not interested in playing up fake drama for the cameras. So she kind of refuses. She, she just wants to skate. That's what she's famous for. Mm-hmm. However, as a much younger girl who's been kind of raised on reality TV, Eve is an absolute natural at this side of the business as well. So she's more than willing to like stare up drama, have fake fights with all the other girls, and soon she becomes the main attraction of the show. Mm. Whereas Babe finds herself being kind of sidelined a little bit and kind of cut out of the storylines as the show puts a much heavier focus on the younger cast members. Yeah. So after a while, things have flipped around a bit and Eve is getting pretty much all of the storylines on the show. She starts dating one of the male stars of Jersey Shore or something, <laughs> and she's getting sponsorship deals. She's appearing in all the tabloids. And Babe just feels completely invisible at this point. Like she's like a guest character on her own show. Yeah. And things come to a head. The final straw comes when they have a group photo shoot for TV Guide or some magazine. And the whole team's on location. And as usual, Babe takes the center spot because she's the star of the show. And then the photographer kind of calls out and says, actually, can we have Eve up front, please? So then Babe kind of begrudgingly moves aside for Eve and then tries to like stand next to us at the both in center frame. And then the photographer shouts out again and says, 
Honey, can we just have you standing a little bit further to the right, please? A little more. A little more. Now further back. Great. I know, it's sad, isn't it? It's showbiz, it's a cruel industry. Oh, it's tragic. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the article comes out a few weeks later, and Babe is barely even in the photo. The whole story that surrounds the photo shoot, it's all about how Eve is the rising star of reality TV and roller derby, and Babe is just completely unmentioned and forgotten about. Yeah. So she is absolutely furious. So after rehearsal, she kind of confronts Eve in the changing room, like surrounded by fans taking selfies and just very much being the star. And so Babe takes it to one side and says, look, I know what you're up to. I've worked my entire life to build this career for myself and I'm not going to let you take it all away from me. Mm. And Eve plays very innocent and she says, it's not my fault the producers keep putting me up front. I'm just doing what I'm told. Besides, do you think you should be saving this argument for the cameras? You might actually get some screen time then. <laughs> so she's being a bit, bit of a passive-aggressive little bitch, but mm-hmm. playing very nice still. And then Babe comes to the realisation that she's become the same girl that Juliette Lewis was in the first film. Mm. Like, she's come full circle. Now she's kind of the bitter, older girl who's, like, trying to cling on to a moment that's kind of passing. Yeah. So she's desperate for some advice. So she calls up the original team to um, have a little reunion. This is a totally unnecessary excuse to have Drew Barrymore and Kristen Wiig back in the film. Because you need them, don't you? Yeah. So Kristen Wiig's now got maybe like three or four kids and she's super stressed out all the time. <laughs> and that cute little son she had in the first film is now like a criminal teenager who drives her insane. So Criminal teenager? Oh yeah, he's like, you know, he's getting arrested all the time. Kind of that as a TV show I want to see. Criminal teenager. Criminal, criminal teenagers. teenagers. <laughs> How is that not already a show? <laughs> and Drew Barrymore, Smashley Simpson, is now just in a full wheelchair and body cast. Mm-hmm. Because the years of physical abuse she's put herself through have just, have just basically taken a huge toll on her. So she's, wow, and I think it'd be a funny like visual gag. We're not going to play this for sadness. It'd be like a funny visual gag where she's like completely like wheelchair bound, like just in a huge like cast from head to toe, just like you know. But she's is, still got a positive outlook on life. Is there still going to be a scene where? Okay, let's say that her arms aren't in casts. Yeah, but is there still going to be a scene where she does try and just beat someone up? 100%. And she yeah. like jumps out of her wheelchair on top of somebody and just like goes to town on them. I think so. Yeah, maybe some like, some guy at the bar is going to make out like a leery comment mm-hmm. and she's going to be like, what the fuck? And she'll kind of like, maybe she'll stay in the wheelchair, but she'll like swing it around really fast. So her plastic ass arm just like beat the shit out of him. Something like that. Yeah. Definitely. Something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That, I didn't think of that, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, it has to be a fight scene that she wins. Yeah. Oh, 100% she wins. Yeah. yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> so she kind of tells them what's been going on and asks them like, what can I do? How do I how do I deal with this situation? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm being made invisible and being pushed out of my own team. So uh, Kristen says, well, there's always someone younger and hungrier than you coming up around the corner. And Drew says, it's the circle of life. You just have to accept it. You know, mm-hmm. that a younger generation comes up. You have to step aside. It's happened to all of us. Yeah. So Babe decides to stop being angry at Eve and to just go out on top by giving the performance of her career at the upcoming national tournament, after which she plans to announce her retirement from roller derby. Right. But she doesn't tell anyone about this. She, she wants to make it like a special moment. So she decides, I'm going to do this last tournament, which is going to be huge. It's going to be on TV. She's pretty sure she's going to win. Well, the team is going to win. And then she'll announce her retirement. So a few days later, the team is in the middle of rehearsal, very intense rehearsals for this roller derby tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as usual, the cameras are all trained on Eve and Babe's getting kind of ignored. But she's still the best skater on the team. So even though she's not getting a lot of camera time, she's still center on the rink. She's still taking like the lead role. So as they're racing around the stadium, Eve and Babe come neck and neck while they're racing. And obviously they're on the same team, so they should be. They're not fighting. Yeah. They just happen to pull up against each other. But I'm sure there's better competitiveness there. 100%. Well, this yeah. is what happens. So they're neck and neck. And as they're turning a sharp corner, Babe sees Eve stick her leg out at the last moment, mm-hmm. sending her, Babe, flying to the ground before she can get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So she just goes absolutely flying, lands with a 
horrible crack. She lands hard. She screams in pain. And it soon turns out that she's broken her ankle. Like she's had a really bad fall. Mm-hmm. Leaving her unable to compete in what was supposed to be her farewell tournament. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, she's in pain. She's furious. So she screams out, you bitch, you tripped me. That was on purpose. And Eve once again plays totally innocent and claims it was nothing to do with her. Like she just tripped over her own feet or something. You know? mm-hmm. It happens when you get a little bit older. You know? oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she has to go to the hospital and her dreams are crushed. And she's forced, obviously, to pull out the tournament. Mm. And worse, she has to watch from the hospital bed on the TV as Eve leads her former team to a show-stopping victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while she's in the hospital feeling very, very sorry for herself, uh, she receives a surprise visit from her old rival, Juliet Lewis. Ah. You've got to bring her back. Yeah. So, And I'm thinking that she's gone like full like Patsy and Selma from The Simpsons. Okay. So like, she's like yeah. ch- chain smoking, <laughs> like alcoholic, very bitter. Like, because I, th- sure. I, I think Juliet Lewis a would fabulous have a, hair, dude. Yeah, I think Juliet Lewis would have a lot of fun in that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe she now works behind like a mat counter or something, and she hates every second of it. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Or she just works at the DMV. It's full Patsy and Selma. But yeah, that's the idea. She's just this fabulous old, yeah, bitter. You know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. Juliet Lewis comes in and, and sits down at the bedside. And, you know, they, they've had this long-running rivalry that, you know, they never really resolve properly. Mm. But actually, Juliet's in a good mood and they'd laugh and they reminisce about the old days. And Babe actually says to her, you know what? I never realised until now how hard it must have been for you when I came along as the fresh new thing. So I'm really, really sorry if I ever made you feel the way I'm feeling right now. And that's everything that Juliet's character, Iron Maven, needed to sorry, hear. Sorry, yeah, that was Babe saying that. Babe saying that to yeah. Juliet Lewis, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's everything that Juliet Lewis wanted to hear. So they finally make their peace, they shake hands, they hug it out, etc. Mm-hmm. So then Juliet Lewis says to her, so, do you want me to break the little bitch's legs? Because I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Babe thinks about it for a second. But then she says, no, no, I'm going to take the high road. I've got a feeling she'll get what's coming to her. Good, good. Yeah. Because I didn't want to turn this into one of those films. Like I, I was tempted to make it go all Black Swan. Okay. But then I thought, actually, no, the first film was all about like women supporting each other and getting along. So I don't want to turn it into this full-on like hate fest. Yeah, yeah. No. So we cut to a few years later. Oh, Babe right. has now permanently retired from Roller Derby and invested her earnings into buying the Oink Joint, which is the restaurant she was staying at. Oh, yeah. Which, great. Great restaurants. Yeah. Just a, it looks so Texas, like this giant pink pig called the Oink Joint. Yep. Loved it. Yep. With like competitive eating competitions. It was so American and I loved it. Oh, it was good. By the way, how old is she now? Ellen Page. Oh, in the, in the film? In the film, Oh, in the yeah. film. Well, I guess now she's in like a, well, maybe like, it's been like maybe three or four years. So maybe she'll be like 39, 40 now. Okay. Yeah. I think Ellen Page can still do it. Maybe just ramp up the, the grey streak a little bit more. Who knows? Cool. Sure. So retirement or like different career? No, she's retired from roller derby. You know, okay. sports professionals retire. Oh, yeah, yeah, She's yeah. not no, living I, I, in a normal people's I, 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 I get Yeah, it. she retired from roller derby and bought the oink joints. You know, there's somewhere between finishing your career and living in an old people's home, right? Sports and, people and, and for sports people, there's another step between that. Yeah, and that's what she's at. She's just launched, she's retired from roller derby, sure. and now she has a second career running this restaurant. Got, yeah. Okay, can I continue? If you must. Cool. So, she's now invested her earnings from her roller derby days into buying the Unk joint, which she's now running with all of the other retired roller derby girls. So Juliet's working there, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's working there, Kristen Wiggs working there. So she's created this lovely space for them all, running this restaurant, and they're all sure. having a great time, they're all girls together. Mm-hmm. And her life is pretty happy, she's very content. And we see them all, you know, doing a shift. And the restaurant's very busy. They've turned it around. Like, it's a huge success. And there's a TV screen, obviously, in the corner somewhere. And we see on the TV, there's a roller derby playing. And Eve, still the star of the show, wins yet another tournament. And Juliet Lewis kind of smiles at Babe and says, 
I still think you should have let me break her legs for you. <laughs> and Babe just smiles because she doesn't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Eve, you know, finishing her tournament and then walking into the dressing room, exhausted, where she finds a young girl waiting for her. And she's like, snap. She's like, what do you want? And the little girl says, well, not the, the teenage girl says, I just wanted to say what an inspiration you are. I've seen all your shows and I'm your number one fan. And then it cuts to a close-up of the teenage girl giving a sinister smile. And then the credits roll. Because yeah. it's like, history's going to repeat itself. Okay, yeah. One comes and, yeah. So that's the end of um, Hell on Wheels. That's good. Yeah. I was good. I think I was way better than mine. Different approaches, different approaches. <laughs> I was going for like an all about Eve vibe, basically, or showgirls kind of. It's a classic Hollywood story of like the, you know, the the, the established star and then the young up and comer comes and steals the glory kind of mm-hmm. thing. So that was the vibe. But it, I don't think you've seen all about Eve, have you? Nope. I bet you watch it someday. We'll or showgirls. Or show. You have seen showgirls. Have I? We've had this discussion multiple times. I still don't remember what. She's like a stripper. Who? Uh, the girl from Saved by the Bell. Who? Oh, forget it. You have seen the film. It was on my birthday when we had a movie marathon. We did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, remember that? Yeah. And then we did, do you remember Serial Mom? Yeah. And then we did Showgirls? No. I think this, at this point we were both very drunk and everyone else had left. We did two other films. We did Showgirls and we did uh, I Know Who Killed Me with Lindsay Lohan. No. Sure. No. No. We were both drunk. We'll do it again sometime. And um, then I left. Yeah. And then you said, well, no, no. Then you said, let's watch Mail's Wedding. Yeah. And then I left. And then you watched it anyway and fell asleep instantly and then woke up at the end. Yeah, pretty much. I was asleep within like, you, co- you probably hadn't even got to the bottom of the lift before I was asleep. <laughs> Great. Good times. Uh, it was like one in the morning. It was, I know. You know and what I'm and like. you were clearly about to fall asleep. Yeah. You know what I'm like? I'm never, I can never admit that the party's over. Just... <laughs> you, can't, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's the vibe. Cool. So any questions? I don't think so. I think you've uh, you got it all covered there. Oh, cool. Great. Shall we get to some listener submissions then? Yes. Cool. Um, I have, in fact, got one. Oh, okay. Would well, you want to start with Joe or end with Joe? I'll start with him. Okay, cool. So it's from Joe Timothy, um, who was guested with us when we did Interstellar. Was he your first guest? No, we've been over this. Oh, have we? Sorry. I think Ross was our first guest. Yeah, but Joe was an early guest. He was early. It's definitely in like the first early, 10 or 12 yeah. episodes, yeah. He is going to come on soon. Good, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so he, he helped me out a little bit with, uh, with my idea today. In fact, I think he came up with the idea. Oh, wow. What were you sat here for the past three hours in my flat doing? <laughs> also, you spent like a solid 15 minutes Googling lesbian names, which I was so convinced was going to pay off. Oh, yeah. What did that have to do with anything? No, it's got distracted. Oh, you just decided to start Googling lesbians? Yeah, it's got bored. Sure, okay, fine. Thought it'd be entertaining. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I have a lot of follow-up questions, but let's finish. <laughs> So Joe came up with the idea, which I didn't pick, but I thought it'd be worth a shout out anyway. Sure. So she does roll a derby for years. This but, is Ellen Page, does roll a derby for years. Yeah. Yes, for years, but realises as a successful female, she's only judged on looks anyway. Mm-hmm. She can't escape the patriarchy no matter what, so she tops herself. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm glad you went with your idea. That, that seems pretty dark <laughs> and depressing. Was that the end? She just yeah, that's she it. just kills herself because 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 feminism. Yeah, that's men. all. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. Well, thanks, Joe. I'm really looking forward to coming back now with those, uh, <laughs> those feel-good sequel ideas. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so some listener submissions then. We had some good ones as always. These are from Twitter and Facebook. Tw- these are from Twitter and Facebook. Yes. Cool. Cool. We had some good puns, which is always good fun. Mm. So Zachary Pierce said, "Whip it too. Whip harder." Nice. And then he nice. says, "Oh wait, that sounds like a different kind of movie." <laughs> <laughs> Craig Martin said, whooped, they're retired. <laughs> so W-H-U-P-T, like whooped. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> Joe Coughlin had the same idea as you, which is whip it real good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anthony Regina said, quip it. They're now stand-up comedians. As in quip. <laughs> Andrew J. Hawthorne says, whip it. As in IT capital letters. The team has to take on Pennywise, the dancing clown. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. An entire team of, of murderous dream clowns like who also rule the Derby professionals. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Andrew J. Hawthorne also said, wrap it. A whip it Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a lot of rapping in this? No, rap as in wrap it up. Um, uh, wrap a present, hence Christmas special. I mean, can we have both? You could have wrap it as like, yeah, a, um, a hip-hop movie, sure. Mm-hmm. Yuha Haikila, I hope I pronounced that correctly, says, whip it or I swear to God, they become parents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like this. Mike Carey said, whip it, bop it, twist it, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. That is good. That's a good one. Uh, Nathan Kozoyle says... X-Men, the whip of M. They're mutants now. All right. Another one from Andrew J. Hawthorne, who really was killing it this week. R.I.P. it. They're all dead now and have to play bouts against ghosts. <laughs> uh, Drew Mancini said, whip out them dicks, an all-male reboot. <laughs> so, yeah, come here. Solid. Ian Esma says, whip it too, the whippening. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Easton says, whip it too, you're a whip. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. Alison Galifianakis, I think, said, "Zip it." She finally succumbs to her mother's wishes and becomes a Texas beauty queen. So nice. again, somewhat similar to yours. Yeah, uh, we're on punt. I've got two of a few here. Okay, sure. So my housemate Charlotte said, "They see me rolling, they hating." Very good, very good. That's how I roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, whip it out. Whip it real good, which obviously I went with. Yeah. Cracking the whip. Mm-hmm. Whipped into shape. Whip it off. And whip it, get your skates on. I feel like it's weird that Charlotte and Ross don't hang out more. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh. Okay, maybe just for equality's sake, maybe we should read out what Ross came up with as well. Oh, wow, okay, sure. Ross didn't work with titles, he came up with uh, characters for me. Oh, great, okay, I like that. I got all all, all my friends working together. I like this. You've really, it really took a village this week, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I really did no effort on (laughs) this. Well, it didn't show. Um, what did he say? So his first one was Skate McKinnon. Yeah, which, which we, we used. Which we yeah. discussed. Mm-hmm. There was also Sheila the Wheeler. Nice. There was Skate Winslet. Yeah. There was Pads Mickelson. Pads Mickelson. Yes. I was in Mads Mickelson. Oh, I like it. Knee pads, Pads Mickelson. like it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that was his best one, really. Okay. But uh, I decided to go with uh, Skate Winslet. I thought that you'd appreciate that. I think more. you definitely made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if Kate Winslet was in this movie? <laughs> Man. I mean, she, she would Oh. Why have you said that? That's that would, that would have made this movie like ten times better. Mm. I mean, she would have been slumming, but it would have been great to see. Yeah, mm? she'd have done it if somebody asked her. I reckon. Oh yeah, she's up for a bit of fun. Definitely, she's got her Oscar now. She's fine. <laughs> anyway, I do have some more. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Evans says um, after Ellen Page's character discovers her dog is a great skater, she takes on the roller derby establishment to get her pup on the team. When she's not battling out on the rink, she's fighting the court system. Whip it too. Whip it good. Is it Whip It the Dog? <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. CJ Lines, at CJ Lines, says, Not sure I can come up with a plot idea right now, but the sequel has to be Whip It Good. So, yeah, that was obviously a very popular choice. The Happy Accident Podcast, at Happy Accident PC. Whip It, again, W-H-I-P-P-E-T, as in the dog. Ellen Page's legs are fatally broken during the first five minutes of the film. All right. And she has dog legs transplanted onto her body. Will she ever learn to master her new dog legs and compete again? That sounds horrifying. <laughs> Where did that come from? 
I guess if she has the dog leg, she'll be a whippet. Sorry, who was that from? Uh, the Happy Accident Podcast. Happy Accident Podcast. Are you okay? <laughs> False Starts Pod, at False Starts Pod. I've again gone with a very popular title, Whip It Good. Mm. But there's a story as well. Uh, Drew Barrymore directs a biopic about the band Devo, who did that song, Whip It Good, that mm. I played you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally screened at Cannes as Devo, the story of a band and weird hats. They were weird hats in the video. No one was happy. Barrymore then theatrically releases it and uses the Whip It branding to find an audience. So... I guess the world's been waiting for a Devo biopic. Yeah, sure. sure, sure, yeah. And finally, Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, Whoop It, W-H-O-O-P, Whoop mm. It, a remake with Samuel L. Jackson as the coach. Rated R for obvious reasons. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, that would have fixed this. That would have been good, yeah. It wasn't a broken film. No, This would have made this film a lot better. Oh, 100%. Samuel L. Jackson just being Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. I agree. Okay, so those are our sequel ideas for this week. If you have any sequel ideas for Whip It or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also find us online at on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set for Twitter. If you really like the show, please subscribe on your chosen podcasting platform and leave us a review. It really helps us out. And if you really want to help us out, then you can also become a Patreon subscriber, as we discussed earlier. Go to patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set and you can pledge as much or as little as you like to become a subscriber and to access all of our bonus content, which is very, very good if we say so ourselves. And I've totally lost, I've lost the track of this completely. Your tone of voice is fascinating. I know. It's going higher and higher and higher. (laughs) (laughs) And our merchandise is also available. I know. And you can also get merchandise on (laughs) tpublic.com. Just search for the box (laughs) Right, Harry, it's your choice next week. What have you got for me? Okay, well, I thought to continue and uh, I believe actually to to finish off our season of... uh, Directors turned actors. Yeah, let's terminate it here. So yeah, so as the final film in this uh, in this series, are you familiar with the actor Kevin Costner? I am. Do you know the film? Is it Waterworld? It's Waterworld. <gasps> I'm so excited. I've never seen Waterworld before. Neither have I, but I am super excited for this. Yeah. Cool. Now I've heard this film has a massive budget. Mm-hmm. Which well, I'm looking to see see how well it's spent. Yeah. Because I know this film was from a while ago. Yes. So it'd be interesting to see if it's if it's held up or not. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's not my, my only thing going into this film. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things about this film that make it look like it's going to be fantastic. I think we've made a very good... Well, you've made a very good call there. Mm. I'm excited for this. Great. Great. So, so, yes, the film Waterworld, directed and starring Kevin Costner. That is a perfect finish for this scene. <laughs> I'm very happy about this. Yeah. Cool. So join us next week for Waterworld. Yeah. See you next week, see guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.